This is Health Yeah, your weekly update on what's going on in the health, wellness, and medical world with Monica Robbins. Frequent forgetfulness, daydreaming, and the appearance of not listening, trouble staying on task, disorganization, avoidance of tasks that require focus, trouble sitting still, fidgeting, and squirming, These are just some of the symptoms of ADHD, Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. You may say, I have all of those symptoms, but there is much more to it. And we're going to explore the different types, what causes it and how to treat it straight ahead on Prescription for Life. Hello, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Monica Robbins. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, 6.1 million children in the United States have been diagnosed with ADHD. Worldwide, the childhood prevalence is 7.2%. In North America, 6.7%. It is commonly associated with children. However, it's a disorder that can affect people of all ages. And it's important to know the signs and manage treatment so you can lead a productive life. Our expert walks us through the diagnosis, treatment plan, and coping skills. But first, a look at some of the myths. Take a look at this report from our station in San Diego. Attention deficit or hyperactivity disorder known as ADHD is a lifelong attention regulation condition, but there are some misnomers about the disease that's often found in children entering school. A lot of people think that ADHD is just children who can't pay attention, but they also do have an ability to hyperfocus. Grady Children's Hospital psychiatrist Dr. Willow Jenkins says the number of patients with ADHD is rising and there's a myth that it's being overdiagnosed. Young girls and minority populations are underserved populations. Populations, we know for sure that ADHD is actually underdiagnosed. Dr. Jenkins says that many factors about the rise in ADHD children are being studied. She says more children are not necessarily developing ADHD. Rather, there's been more awareness since the pandemic when parents were home with their kids. It's also being destigmatized, and there's a barrage of information in what she calls a culture of distraction. Whether it's phones beeping, social media alerts, teachers asking for assignments, school and sports, our children are really being bombarded with lots of different things to struggle to uh, compete for their attention. Parents can help regulate by limiting screen time and app notifications, but most importantly, Dr. Jenkins says parents should not confuse ADHD for anxiety or autism. She encourages a child to undergo a clinical assessment with a pediatrician or psychiatrist. So there's no blood test for ADHD. There's no head scan for ADHD. There's no reason that you have to be paying thousands of dollars to get a diagnosis of ADHD. It's based on interview, talking to a parent, talking to the child, and sometimes talking to the teachers as well. Doctors say in addition to treating ADHD with medication, there's therapy, coaching, and parents should involve their child in the conversation. That way, they can feel empowered about a treatment plan. The common thing I hear is, they're just going to want to put my child on medication, and I want to assure parents that's not the case at all. Early identification is so helpful because then we can plan for your child as they're entering school. Abby Black, CB Now we turn to our expert from the Cleveland Clinic to talk about what is ADHD and how to cope. 
Joining me now is Dr. Michael Manos, who is the director of the Pediatric and Adult ADHD Center at Cleveland Clinic. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure, thanks for having me. We're talking all about ADHD. So for people who may not really be sure what it is, what is ADHD? ADHD is a difference in the way the brain works. It's not necessarily disorder for many people. You probably know people with ADHD who are highly productive and highly uh, educated and very efficient in what they do. ADHD is the difference between two kinds of attention. And it's a, it, the brain works differently for automatic attention, which is a kind of attention you use when you are automatically drawn to something that occurs in your environment or when you're doing something that's interesting, like watching a good movie or reading a good book. Directed attention is the kind of attention that you use when you're doing something that is laborious. Think of schoolwork. Most of schoolwork is pretty boring. And I know teachers don't like it when I say that, but it's kind of the case. And so most kids have to use directed attention to do the schoolwork that they have and you have to turn off automatic attention to be able to use directed attention. And ADHD is a very, very strong automatic attention, and there is a good reason for that, and it's very, very weak directed attention. So that's what ADHD actually is, the difference between those two kinds of attention. So ADHD, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, but then there's ADD, which is attention deficit disorder. What's the difference? It's all called ADHD. ADHD inattentive type, ADHD hyperactive impulsive type, and then ADHD combined type is both of those, but it's all called ADHD. So how does some, is, is someone born with this or is it something learned behavior? It is a genetic condition and it can be induced, for example, by, uh, fetal alcohol syndrome, and, but, but primarily ADHD is a genetic condition and people are born with it. They're born with a distinct difference between those two functioning kinds of attention in the brain. Who is most at risk for this? Any child who has a parent or two or has ADHD in the biological or extended biological family. And one would guess it doesn't always have to be diagnosed, correct? when you say it doesn't have to be diagnosed. For the parent, for something. Oh yes, correct, correct. There are many, many parents who uh, have never been diagnosed with ADHD, but if you just talk with them for a little bit, you can get a kind of a sense that ADHD is present or attentional difficulties are present. But this is actually a disorder of the brain? So I knew that that word was going to come up because we call it ADHD, Attention Deficit Disorder. But for many people, ADHD is not a disorder at all. It's a way the brain works. And there are many adult jobs, for example, that are highly functional for a person with ADHD because a person with exceptionally strong automatic attention notices everything. And a person, and that same person may have weak directed attention. And so automatic attention tends to predominate. It tends to take control of the awareness of the brain. And so that's why following rules, if I told you to get up and go to the back 
desk there and give me the piece of paper with, uh, that has something written on it. That is something that you have to use as language to say to yourself to engage in that behavior. But if there's something going on over here and you're more interested in that, your automatic attention is going to be drawn that way. And so the rule or the language direction that I gave you is not going to be present to your awareness because the commotion over there is going to be present to your awareness. At what age are kids typically diagnosed with this? Well, it's rather difficult to diagnose a child before the age of three. So three years old is, is probably the youngest child that I've ever diagnosed. And this is a child who is highly overactive. Now, when I married my dear wife, um, she had a little boy named Michael, who was the most hyperactive child you had ever seen in your life. And his hyperactivity was not difficult to miss at all. And we used to take him to, we were living in Honolulu at the time, and we used to take him to the airport because the little boy would do anything if he earned the privilege of us taking him to the airport where he could lay in the grass by the biggest runway and feel the plane's land. Now, what do you think Michael does now? He's 40 years old. Is he a pilot? He's a pilot. He flies for Hawaiian Air. And he used to work for a freight uh, airlines. And the plane that they were landing in Guam, the front landing gear did not come down. So he had to fly that plane and get rid of some of the fuel. And they landed. he landed that plane without the front landing gear. It stayed exactly in the middle of the runway. And so that's an example of an ADHD brain highly focused on automatic attention because survival, of course, is what's prompting all of that. And uh, that young man has done extraordinarily well. Who is more diagnosed with this? Is it, is it male or female? Boys are, tend to be diagnosed more often than girls by about two to one because boys tend to show the more hyperactive expression of ADHD. So it's easily noticeable. It's hard to tell a child who is four years old and inattentive. You, you mentioned the, the listening aspect. You gave me a list of nine symptoms. I want to go through them because when I, when I read this, I thought, well, I, I do some of these. You know, could I have ADHD? But carelessness is the first symptom. So in what way? So there are, again, nine behaviors associated with inattention and nine behaviors associated with hyperactivity and impulsivity. Everybody shows these behaviors from time to time. It's not that people show these behaviors, it's that these behaviors intrude on a person living their life. For example, uh, a student uh, in high school, knowing that there is uh, a paper due on Friday, they don't start the paper until Thursday. So that could be considered an intrusion. And a lot of kids who are very, very bright certainly pull that off in high school. But when they get to college, it's not going to be the same kind of condition. So uh, you mentioned a couple of these uh, difficulties sustaining attention and activities doesn't listen. That's every kid, isn't it? <laughs> well, certainly it is. And again, it's how much of a problem is it? Okay. No follow through. 
So that's putting things off and not doing what you were asked to do. So that's a very common ADHD expression. Can't organize. Being disorganized is a classic symptoms of ADHD. So parents will tell me, well, he throws things everywhere, but he seems to always know where things are. That's still being disorganized. It's not keeping track of or keeping an orderly account of your things. Avoids or dislikes tasks requiring sustained mental effort. So again, that's procrastinating. It's a classic ADHD symptom. The question that I always ask, especially of adults, is when you had a, an extended assignment like a paper due in a high school class, what did you do to get it done? Invariably, people will tell me, well, I pulled it off at the last minute. And so procrastination is classic behavior. Loses important items. So losing things is also classic. And everybody does that. But it's when you lose them in, to such an extent that it's a problem. Can't find your keys. And so you miss an appointment. Gotcha. Or easily distractible. So that is the strength of automatic attention. So if somebody walked through the door there and started making a lot of noise, both of us would look over there automatically. That's automatic attention. And so we wouldn't consider ourselves distractible by that, but it's the little things like you hear the joke about the squirrel in the tree and the child watching the squirrel in the tree. That is a small thing that should not impact classroom behavior. What about forgetful in daily activities? So your mom tells you to go up to your room and put your clothes away and an hour later you haven't done it. And she says, what do you, how come you didn't get put your clothes away? And you say, I forgot. So being forgetful consistently in adults, it show up, shows up a little bit different because let's say you and I agreed to meet for coffee at four o'clock on Saturday and um, I forget all about it and I don't show up. So it's problematic, especially in relationship. So we know there, there's medication for this, but is medication always required? No, uh, medication is really never required. It's not that the person is going to suffer significant health debilitation. It's just not the way it's gonna work. Medication enables the person to use directed attention so they can follow rules, listen to directions from somebody, and not have the behaviors associated with ADHD be problematic in their life. So there's a medication shortage right now. Mm -hmm. What kind of impact is that having on many of your patients and others dealing with this? Well, on our patients, probably none. Um, the medication shortage is primarily with Adderall. And uh, the, there are other medicines that can be used. So uh, the extended release Adderall is still available. What about food? I've often heard parents telling me that they don't give their kids sugar because it makes them hyperactive or, you know, maybe there's another diet that parents can use to help control their kids. Is there any truth to that? Well, there is very limited evidence that says diet, especially removal of sugar, is going to make any difference whatsoever for ADHD. And it is actually, the myth about sugar is 
fairly common in our in our culture. So diet does not make a substantial difference for ADHD. Because this is a brain issue. Yes, exactly. So um, talk to me about other options that if, if parents see this, is this something they automatically should get their child treated for, or is this something they can handle at home? So the coaching that I give parents who are considering, should I use medicine or not, is when your child begins to make negative self-statements, I can't sit down and finish things like Tommy over there can. And when the child starts calling himself stupid or I'm not good enough or something's wrong with me, then it's time, I think, for a parent to begin to look at what is it that they can do to assist. You run a, 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 ten, a, a ADHD center. What makes it different compared to going to see any other child psychologist or? Well, we do a very focused and concerted attempt to answer three questions. The first question is, are the symptoms of ADHD present? And as you pointed out, there are nine of those for inattention and nine of those for hyperactivity impulsivity. In a child, we're looking for at least six of nine for each of those categories. So the first question is, are the symptoms there? The second question is, can something else be causing the symptoms? For example, a child who is sleep deprived is certainly gonna show inattentive symptoms. Or a child who is uh, allergic to some like green or red dye, or yellow or, and red dye, that may be um, predictive of behavioral issues in children. So the very thorough assessment of when and how does the behavior do what they do? And then the final third question is, is there comorbidity? Is the child depressed? Is the child anxious? Is the child overly non-compliant and oppositional? These kinds of things can also mask as ADHD. Biggest myth or misconception about ADHD that you hear continually? Uh, that's a very interesting question. Um, <clears throat> when I was in graduate school, for example, everybody said that ADHD just went away in teenage years. ADHD does not go away. Hyperactivity and impulsive behavior tend to tone down when uh, you get into adulthood, but uh, inattention does not go away. And subsequently, inattention can lead to anxiety, depression, and other kinds of mental health conditions. Is there a future treatment or, or practice or anything that you're seeing on the horizon? Big Pharma is doing all that they can to find some kind of breakthrough uh, drug or other treat, otherwise treatment for ADHD. And I don't notice any, there are a number of non-stimulants that are being used, but the the gold standard for treatment of ADHD, according to the American Academy of Pediatrics, is methylphenidate or Ritalin, dexamphetamine. People generally know it as Vyvanse or Adderall. All right. Dr. Manos, any final thoughts? Well, I did want to point out that um, ADHD has an evolutionary um, context to it because 
when we all lived in hunter-gatherer tribes, hunters were the ones who kept people alive. And so evolution selected for the hunter brain. Now, that ADHD generally is associated with exploratory behavior is evidence of this phenomenon having occurred. After the Ice Age, however, people settled on farms and a different brain that could wait a long time for plants to grow or seasons to change began to be selected for through evolution. So many of the people I see, especially adults, have grown up thinking that they were stupid or that they just couldn't do things. And it wasn't that at all. It's that their automatic attention was highly active, far more active than the neurotypical individual. And their directed attention was more or less less active. I can't say inactive, but it was less active. And so they've grown up thinking, well, I can't do it, but my friend Tommy over there can do it, so I must be stupid. And people conclude for themselves that there is something wrong with them. And I think that's the biggest problem that people have, that here, here they are, a hunter brain in a farmer brain world, but there are many occupations that are perfectly suited to adults with ADHD. Um, sales, for example, police work, um, and many other kinds of very creative things, writing. Many people can engage in the, the uh, imaginative sorts of uh, activities that writing provides. Theater or being on television. They're very, um, very actively engaged by the ADHD brain because the ADHD brain is a hunter brain. And it's not that there's something wrong with it. It's actually that there is something just different about how it works. That's great insight. Dr. Manos, thank you so much. My pleasure. Nice talking with you. That's all for this episode of Prescription for Life. Thank you so much for watching. We'll be right back here next week. And until then, I'm Monica Robbins wishing you good health. Thank you so much for tuning into Health Yeah. Please find me on Twitter and Instagram at Monica Robbins. Like and follow my Facebook page, Monica Robbins WKYC. Find video podcasts at Monica Robbins channel on YouTube. And please subscribe. Wishing you great health and hope to see you again soon. Thanks for listening to Health Yeah! with Monica Robbins from WKYC Studios. Subscribe now so you never miss an update. And find more on everything you heard here on WKYC.com and on the WKYC app.